0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why you United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Wait, so I spent this morning looking at all this Dominic Cummings stuff. Have you seen this? No. It's this my only contribution to the conversation because I have nothing else to give you this week. Mm-hmm. So he's the Boris Johnson guy who got in all that trouble for doing that big drive when oh, lockdown mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. and he got fired. He's Boris Johnson's aide. Literally the exact same thing happened in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that vibe. And then everyone was saying, you've got to fire him, you've got to fire him. And then they're doing an inquiry today into that whole thing with him. It happened yesterday. And he did a 10-hour testimony and it's nuts. He was like, the COVID response in British Parliament was the most deranged thing I've ever seen. I just kept waking up each day being like, I cannot believe these are the people in charge of dealing with this. He was like, including myself. I should never have been there. And he said that the day that Boris Johnson was meant to be making massive calls on putting the UK into lockdown, his girlfriend was angry because they'd done a telegraph story about her dog and the dog's called like Duncan. Oh and she was calling him screaming and crying because she was pregnant. And he was like, the first thing we need to do is sort out the Duncan story. So they put off the COVID thing. He said it was insane. And Boris oh, would just wake my up. God. He said it was like a trolley swerving from left to right. And everyone was just trying to do stuff in the middle of it. And that really senior health secretary just came in one day and she was like we are fucked it was the <laughs> quote that he used <laughs> and he came in and he said i he was like there are literally tens of thousands of people who have died in the uk who didn't need to die because of me and boris Johnson and like four other people because yeah, they're so obvi- useless obviously very true yeah but, but the he's duncan, fully said it and it's everywhere the duncan thing's crazy the dog thing his girlfriend carrie i don't know how i missed i miss so much no i hadn't seen this i get sent that the evening standard has dropped through my door and i saw his face with all of these things and stuff about the Boris Johnson's girlfriend and I was laughing and then I started watching the videos and they're crazy. He said, I've never seen, obviously he's got a bone to pick because Boris Johnson fired him, but he basically just said, I've never seen someone more incompetent and the fact that he's even been able to get this job is scary like we need to revisit how we even let people apply for these jobs you know like with work sometimes how someone's in this huge leadership role and you're like how did they get here and everyone around them who's more junior is just trying to make things come together yeah when the senior person is saying crazy shit i'm like that's happening in
1: the government the thing i find funny about the government is it's such an important job being a politician obviously but you don't have to study for it. I find that one of the weirdest things in the world. It's just like farmers will just be a politician the next mm-hmm.
0: day. I'm like, what the what the fuck? Yeah, in America, like actors. Yeah, or Trump. If you're just popular. Yeah. If you're just good at being popular, it's so weird. It's so random. And people just assume if you're running for prime minister that you have credentials. So, if they dislike you, they'll vote for you. Mm, but then you have no idea what you're doing and you're running a country and then something like this happens. It's so messy. The whole thing's so messy. And it just makes me freaked out thinking about how you just assume behind the scenes everything's so organized. And then stuff like the lockdowns and all the rules were literally just. Everyone was just screaming and running around and being like, oh, should we do this? I don't know. Let's just do this and just doing something.
1: Yeah, it felt like that here. Here, it mm. just felt all over the show. The rules would be different every other day. You're like, wait, how many people am I allowed or whatever? And I actually read an interesting article a while ago about the government's response to sex and just how it was never, ever mentioned. Like, no government minister ever mentioned sex, basically, ah. when it's. And when it comes not- to COVID. In regards to COVID, because they be- they just said they said all these roundabout terms as in like two people from separate households must not meet inside anymore. And so there were all these memes about people just going and having sex in Hampstead Heath. But the government <laughs> just, it just just avoided talking about it like school children when mm, it's obviously such so a huge English. part of society. Like single people. And so basically just acting like married couples were the only thing that mattered. I was like, how is this our government response? Just do do is back.
0: I wish she still said that. Yeah, I know. I highlighted that Izzy said, actually, Zach said to me, it's so cute how Izzy always says do, do, do. I was like, no, she doesn't. I've never heard myself say that in my entire life. I was like, she's never said that. And then the first time I saw you after that, you said it within a minute. And that was the first, our first podcast recording day. Yeah. And then you stopped saying it, which I'm really sad about. Yeah. It just made me aware of it. I feel like we would have run the coronavirus rollout in the UK better than the government. And that's concerning <laughs> yes. to me. Two pea brains in a room? Two pea we brains. Would've. We would have. We literally would have. It's so crazy. And apparently Boris just get like, how he seems where he's all because literally just what happens, like, he just swans in and will just say random stuff and everyone's like, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, he looks – he does look dumb. Yeah. I need to tell you about – I need to tell everyone in London firstly about – The best discovery in the world, which we discovered a while ago, but there's some in your kitchen. I can't stop thinking about them, so I need to talk about them. Is this place called Ben's Cookies, which do literally the best chocolate chip cookies in the entire world? Yesterday, when we ordered them to the house, we got seven. Yeah, big chocolate chip. Minimum seven's the minimum, so we showed restraint. (laughs) Yeah, could have got ten. They're massive, and they
0: were piping, like still warm when they arrived at your door, and. I walked past, I was in central London and I walked past a mob of people. It was like a line going down the thing and I was like, where are they going? And it was Ben's Cookies. Really? And I was like, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Also, the other thing I have to tell you is I never watch TV here because for anyone who doesn't live in the UK, it's really weird. But you need a TV license. You have to pay to watch the TV because it's BBC and all those channels. So I just never watch TV. But put it on the other night at like 11 o'clock at night and there is a show in the UK, which is kind of the country that has the most insane, weird, crazy game shows ever, called Naked Attraction. And basically it was on the, when I turned the TV on, there was this man with like peroxide blonde hair and fake tan standing in front of... Six vaginas.
0: Yeah, is you just like texts me a picture of a pussy. I was like, what are you <laughs> doing? And she was like, have you seen the show?
1: <laughs> I tried to upload it to my close friends on my Instagram story, and Instagram was like, obviously not. This is obviously. just nudity. I was like, God, why is this why allowed, allowed on allowed TV? my TV? It's on yeah. Instagram. Basically, what you do is you go on the show, and there's six contestants, and they slowly raise the bar from the feet up, and the guy says who he's most attracted to. So when my boyfriend, when I turned it on, I was like, "What?" and losing my mind. And he was like, "Oh, the only time I've ever seen it is it when it's the other way around, but it's like kind of more confronting when it's a man picking all these women. It's more yeah, funny totally. when it's it a woman horrible. picking between men's penises.
0: Why would anyone be a contestant on it that show? It was crazy. Why?
1: I don't want to be a, like, an adult
0: actor or something i have no idea was it called naked
1: naked attraction, attraction. so naked attraction. yeah google says it's a british television dating game show a clothed person is faced with six naked people who are initially hidden in booze oh and they make them like dance and stuff it's so random i want to watch this when you take some
0: gummies and watch the first season <laughs> yes.
1: i know because then it finished and i was like more more
0: <laughs> and so we watched the highlights
1: yeah and then uh, I was going to say, I can't remember if I ever talked about this before, but I watched Uncut Gems and it's good. I really want
0: to see Uncut Gems. It's just on Netflix. I know. You can just do it. I know. Just do it after this. Nothing's stopping me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's Adam Sandler and I just didn't think I'd like it. I don't know why. It gave me boy energy. It's like, the Safdie brothers, right? Yeah.
0: very uh, like cool filmmaker brothers of the moment.
1: Yeah I didn't think I was gonna like it but loved it. Very very good movie. And then watched the first episode of season three of Master of
0: None. As did I. So had you seen the first two seasons of Master of None?
1: No I'd kind of I think I'd put it on years and years and years ago but then yeah just I don't think I followed through. I find as is Ansari kind of
0: weird me too stuff aside really annoying same i like before i was like i actually think the me too stuff is fine yeah yeah <laughs> he's him. just annoying he's just really annoying i find him almost unbearable to watch it was like that was parks and rec in parks and rec it was a, a character i thought it was a character and then in Master of None, you realize it's just his personality, or his, or his, his character that he puts on. It has everything. this like Munchkin voice,
1: his <laughs> like, voice. And, oh my god! Last night it was just—it was uh, I was having the best time because it was Lena Waithe who's the lead in season three. So I thought Aziz wasn't even going to be in it at all, and I'd been texted by three separate people saying this is really good, watch it. And then he fucking walks in. He I was in, in and I was like, oh!
0: yes, I know. <laughs> It's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So Aziz Ansari wrote, directed, produced or whatever the show. And it was after he'd written that book about modern dating. And he was meant to be this kind of guru in modern dating. And it has Eric Wareheim in it. And it was all very slickly Woody Allen-y, like the jazz music and the sets are really nice and all of that vibe. But I was the same. I started watching it and I just couldn't get past just personally disliking him and not finding him funny whatsoever Mm. but then when i saw like you said this season i was like oh cool because of the me too stuff they've just got him out of it and just done it with lena and then naomi aki who plays her wife is this really cool english actress that you and i are obsessed with who was in end of the fucking world season two so i was really excited Mm. and the episode was amazing oh my god so good except for this even the scenes he was in they were fine they were fine i just feel like even those scenes I, i feel like he's not a very good actor
1: yeah, the episode is so good. It's so good. I my what was your favorite scene? Oh, sorry, this is so boring for everyone who hasn't seen it. But my favorite scene was when they're doing the washing. Do yeah, you know? and they're doing yes! the <laughs> this. Oh
0: my god, it was. so I loved cute. it so much.
1: Anyway, everyone should watch that because it was. Um,
0: it's actually it's like magnificent. I just like it's like porn. Like it was just visually so beautiful, and the music was so good, and everything looked amazing, mm-hmm. and like the art and the back everything was, was really cool. And as I sorry produced it so he's obviously very talented yes but he's like a person that shouldn't be in front of the camera that's like shoving himself in front of the camera is my personal feeling I agree yeah there's just some people I find like very frustrating even
1: this is another this is like a bad example because it feels like I'm lumping as is in with Woody Allen but for example I tried to watch Annie Hall because I'd never seen really any of Woody Allen's films time to start uh, no, me and no. it, was, yeah, it was before
0: that it was before that but i in manhattan after watching yeah so i
1: hadn't seen i hadn't seen that and i hadn't seen any hall and i'd only ever seen like vicky christina barcelona or something and then i went to put on that and i was just like who is this man
0: oh really it is
1: he is so annoying and my boyfriend was like that's woody allen and i was like i can't handle woody allen. <laughs> i know but i was like i can't handle his persona like his kind of bumbly fucking i don't really know what's going on and rah 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 i was like that feels like an act to me love you and he does that with the dylan farrow stuff he literally does that, like, oh, yeah. I don't know, like, bumbling, fumbling old man, like, I don't really know, and rah, 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 and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that
0: was quite, like, jarring to me in Alan versus Farrow. I, I love Woody Allen when I watch him acting like that. I'm like, Really? I would, I would like, bus him in the 70s for sure. Like, he just has a, like, Yuck. the spell that he has on the world unfortunately works on me. Yeah,
1: I don't think um, that at all. I was like, this person's so, in-. I, was, I didn't even know who's in his films, and I was like, whoever this is is so annoying. <laughs> I was just ready to sit down and watch a film he directed, <laughs> didn't realize he was going to be shot. In my face and be so annoying.
0: No, but I—that's a very like that, ner- that nerdy yeah. character kind of thing. You know, I, f- that, I, that, I feel that, like, like Izzy Zansari is trying and failing to do what Woody Allen does successfully. But you're going one step further and saying that whole thing is stupid, which I respect. And <laughs> I, maybe I've just been brainwashed into thinking it's
1: yeah, because I'm not. Charming. Um, you're in the film world. You're yes. supposed to think he's good at it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh... And then we had like. Oh yeah! The opposite of a rollicking old time, mm-hmm. watching the Underground Railroad. We have done cultural things this week. We squeeze them in, in little pockets. We've yeah, we've, we've been ludicrously busy with work, but we were working on
1: this thing together on Monday, and then we had an hour break. And for some, you can. I don't
0: know why I suggested. This.
1: Yeah, Grace suggested we have a weed coming, <laughs> and then I was like, okay.
0: Are you scared? Peer pressure. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I'm just thinking about why would we do that? So, like, The Underground Railroad is a book that Izzy and I love. Izzy gave it to me as a gift. Yes. And took me ages to read it. It's by Colson Whitehead. It won the Pulitzer Prize in, like, 2015 or something. I feel like it's one of my favorite books. I feel like Mm. you feel the same. And then we both saw that about the Nickel Boys. Yeah. And it's the story of a girl, Cora, who escapes a slave plantation and what i didn't realize is that the underground railroad referenced an underground network of people who helped slaves escape into the northern states but in the book it's a literal underground like a train which i thought was real yes same. Same. i said
1: you, you you had to tell me while we are watching and i, I was a bit right. stoned
0: and i was like wow and i said that to my i said to my mom like i can't believe they had that train that's crazy They're like a museum and she was like oh my god you literally not know that that's not real yeah she was really shocked but we don't learn this shit in australia exactly anyway so barry jenkins of moonlight fame has adapted this into an amazon 10 part series and obviously we knew it was going to be heavy so it's like the worst thing to get stoned before watching yeah and it was
1: so stressful so stressful we watched on a big projector in my house and shut all the curtains and then got a bit stoned and also had to like continue work both of us had to continue working all night afterwards and I just felt so anxious the whole time watching it but it was beautifully done it was um, oh my god, such incredible such gorgeous cinematography so harrowing and hard to watch which is obviously essential and and you said to me you were kind of like god why do we have to do This because it's
0: hard; it's so much harder to watch than it is to read. Exactly, and a lot of things are kind of implied in the book, or or said in this like beautiful, poetic, sparse way, and then to actually see them play out in live time, like the violence is quite hard to stomach. And I had this thing where I was saying to Izzy, like, "God, is this actually valuable?" Mm -hmm. And you were basically saying, "Well, this is just what happened, and we need to sit and stomach it because this is such a formative part. It's why America is a rich country.
1: Yeah, it's why America is a rich country. It's it's why so many people." still have trauma Mm -hmm. to this day like that wasn't long ago that's the horrible thing that wasn't
0: that long ago there's a scene in the book of underground railroad where you're reading all of this fucked up stuff that's happening to this this young girl and it feels like something from a million years ago and then i remember like the most jarring scene in that whole book is she finally gets to north carolina or something and then she goes into a building and it has an elevator Mm. and i was like oh like it just it exploded my mind when that happened because you're reading this story thinking this was like 500 years ago or something and you're like no this is how recent it was there was there was multi-level buildings with elevators in them
1: yeah and they're talking about how in the north of america in new york and all these kind of more liberal states they're trying to stop what's happening in the south
0: Mm.
1: so everyone knows it's fucked but people in the south are just trying to keep slaves as long as they can and they're literally breeding humans like cattle It's, it's it's horrific but it's a really essential and beautifully done series and we actually watched it on the one year anniversary of george floyd's murder so it's just important that we don't forget and we keep reminding ourselves every day that it might be hard to do things like stay abreast of everything that's happening and watching things like this but it's like so important because
0: Otherwise, nothing will change because we'll all just get complacent. Exactly. And I think a lot of the things that happen culturally now make so much more sense and you can understand them so much more when you understand that history. You know, if if slavery is just this vague thing that's somewhere like rattling around in the back of your head that you're not not cognizantly aware of. I feel like you don't understand the weight of all of these things in terms of, like, discussions about Black Lives Matter and intergenerational trauma and reparations and all these conversations. You kind of need to see what the history is yes, to understand why those conversations are still so important. Because basically what you had with slavery, and I know people kind of know this, but you you had the entirety of the American economy was built off the back of unpaid slavery, unpaid labor, and then when that unpaid labor was freed from slavery – they were never given back payments for any of the work that they'd done, so they went straight from slavery into poverty. Literally nothing given, nothing just like yeah. let, set free and
1: and with nothing to their name. Yeah, like no and, clothes or anything. And then, and, then and then they, they pick- would
0: establish towns or cities, and then fucking disgusting racist rednecks would come and like burn it to the ground, or like do you know? Or if mm-hmm. they tried to work in places, there was still disgusting racism. Like it, it, this is the exact history you really, really need to understand to understand why this is still such a like cultural conversation now and even just
1: literally like I think it was the final two episodes maybe of the podcast 1619 which is such an essential podcast to listen to. They talked to this black family in the south who worked so fucking hard to hit so this guy's dad, had worked so hard to build the respect of the community around him had all of these workers they were making money they had all these crops they were farming the land this person is like making actual really good money and being respected in an the industry they were once forced to do for free and then his dad dies and this bank just won't loan this guy any money because mm-hmm. he's black and it was giving him like half the loans that he was giving the white farmers and at first he couldn't figure out what was going on and then finally a whistleblower from the bank came to him and was like this is what's going on Mm -hmm. and now they're in court and it's like still unknown whether they're gonna get any of that money and it's like these are the things that are happening every single day yeah and then people are still just like shut up about racism
0: yeah or like it was ages ago yeah do you remember we talked about before we just we have talked about this a lot but the distance between the police force of the slavery that's represented in underground railroad and now is five or six generations which means like five or six back-to-back police commissioners or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's It's, like it's it's not... Teaching those racist ways. Yeah, Yeah. it's like when they talk about defunding or abolishing the police, it's saying these systems were set up in this context, in the Underground Railroad context, and you kind of have to watch things like that to, like, realise the foundation was so poisonous and fucked that everything kind of needs to be redone. Mm. On to... The most unjado moment of the week. Like the most unjado moment in
1: celebrity history. Yes. And that is that. Yes. A. S. E. P. Rocky is on the cover of GQ. And we've known for ages just through seeing photos, et cetera, that him and Rihanna are the most probably dating. They spent Christmas together in Barbados with their family, etc., etc. et cetera. But because they kind of both haven't come out and said it, it was this thing where I was kind of. Worried that maybe it was an on-off fling or maybe they were spending a bit of time together. after she sh- I was worried. I was worried. Um, or like after she dumped her billionaire boyfriend that Asap Rocky was. I was, was worried. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. Okay. That, you know, when she dumped her billionaire boyfriend that Asap Rocky was her kind of rebound or I don't know. I just thought maybe he was, maybe he's still too young, was playing around, she doesn't deserve that, etc. Etc. Mm-hmm. He's just done this interview. Which you sent me the minute it came out with like image screenshots of all of his
0: key uh, quotes, key, key quotes, takeaways. <laughs> yes,
1: and in it he just talks about Rihanna. So the and the journalist says Rocky knows he probably shouldn't talk about Rihanna, the triple A list pop star, wildly successful fashion and beauty entrepreneur, and category five cultural hurricane. But he can't help himself. As soon as I bring her up, he starts beaming like a teenager whose crush just accepted his prom invite. I could practically hear the angels singing. The love of my life, he calls her
0: my lady. (laughs) I know. I'm going to get that framed and hung in my house. Same. Okay, couple of things to unpack. First up, DQ profile is done by Samuel Hine, who's Ella Emhoff's boyfriend, which I don't know why, I just like that little Brooklyn fashionista power couple. Saw that. Secondly, really well-written piece. Congrats to Samuel (laughs) Haven't read it other than these Rihanna quotes. (laughs) And third, why is this so exciting? I'm trying to unpack in my brain why I'm so happy about this. We obviously have like a big emotional investment in Rihanna. Yes. Being happy. Yes. And I just couldn't stop watching videos of ASAP and of them together. And like he is just a sweetheart angel. It's like, who's another example? I don't want to say Brad and Angelina, but it's got that vibe of that two People where you're like you are just perfect for each other mm-hmm. like this is just perfect
1: yeah and i think with them it's that thing where because i don't know if you know this context but basically they were rumored to have been hooking up since like 2012 right. so it's this thing where it's kind of been it feels like it's been written in the stars and it feels like it's been this thing where it's been like the wrong timing with them or something yep. and they met years and years ago and he's obviously just been like so obsessed with her i think that's also why I'm so invested in Rihanna's love life because she obviously is just like every guy that meets her is so obsessed with her mm-hmm. and she just kind of feels like the kind of woman obviously she would have insecurities and this might not be the way it actually plays out in real life but she just feels like the kind of woman who is just like I don't need to be dating a guy they're lucky to have my time mm-hmm. Ra rah rah and I just think that I feel as though she's finally been like, fine, I'll give you a
0: chance then to ace at Rocky. And he's such a, he's just, he seems just like a really cute guy. He's a sweetheart. And he's in those interviews, he was talking about how, you know, he gets pedicures and manicures and uses Mm. skincare and loves like facialists. And he's like really obsessed, obsessive over fashion. The way he talks when he talks about it is that he thinks it's very attractive to bring into a relationship with a woman, like being really in touch with and not hating your feminine side. Because if you hate feminine aspects of yourself, that kind of means you hate women. It's so like, why would you do that? I don't know. He just seems like a kind of... He's a Harry Styles type. Yeah. And just like one of those people who seems very... Like, you know, when you meet someone, you're like, you're sorted. you figured some shit out that pe- a lot of people haven't figured out and you're just chill and fine. Yeah. He has that energy. And yeah. I think that's like really nice. He's like the anti-Drake, like Drake's just yes, like him fawning over Rihanna and being like, I love you, I love you, I love you, was just so obviously a publicity stunt to make him look cool because mm-hmm. he just wasn't cool and she wasn't having a bar of it. She was being like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like when he ruined her Vanguard MTV award by being like, she's the love of my life. And everyone was like, woo. And she was like, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah. Like, why are you saying that when I'm getting an award? It's so annoying. Yes. And we got that billboard that was like, I love Rihanna. He's just so embarrassing. And then like what gets like a like a Brazilian porn star knocked up two minutes later and like his <laughs> an 18-year-old girlfriend. Like he's just, I hate him. I hate him too. He's so gross. He's like, like, so gross. The, opposite. He's, like yeah. the inverse of yeah. that where he has the reputation of being that but like is actually like yeah. behind the scenes. I think that's another really
1: cute thing is he yeah. has the reputation of being a playboy because his face has been like carved from the gods. Oh, my God. And he's so beyond. stylish and cool. But I think because, as you say, he seems like the kind of person that's figured out his shit. He just wouldn't even be into that stuff anymore. Like maybe he got caught up in it for a few years and now he's just be like, oh, yeah, no, I just want to be young. with my really smart, really successful,
0: hilarious, gorgeous, amazing girlfriend. It just happens to be Rihanna. I think it's true. I think you see people like, you know, Madonna's been a really good example of someone who's so incredible and so so and share like people who we find so culturally powerful and incredible and have like really struggled to find men that are like comfortable enough in themselves to just let them have like yes the leading role and i just feel like the way he talked about it from that profile was like the most amazing example of exactly how you do that and that's why it's so cute are you tearing up you literally are
1: i'm not I'm if just you're really you cry i'm tired it's i love romance i'm such a pisces I'm such, a, such a pea brain <laughs> I'm such a pea brain pisces they're like the two Worst traits and crying about Rihanna. Okay, let's say some more cute quotes that he said. What's it like to be in a relationship? Asked Samuel. (laughs) So much better, Rocky replies without hesitation. So much better when you got the one. She amounts to probably like a
0: million of the other ones. So cute. I think when you know, you know, she's the one. Muffin, please get married and have a perfect child. And then he
1: asked, Samuel asked, if p- brilliant journalism, if Rocky's ready to be a father, and yeah. he said, "If that's in my destiny, absolutely." I think I'm already. A- oh, this to him joking. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my god, Rihanna's pregnant. I thought he was saying, "I think I'm already a dad about like knocking up some girls." He literally <laughs> probably is, but he was just joking about. I don't know. I don't really understand his his humor. <laughs> And then he said, but I think I'd be an incredible, remarkably
0: overall amazing dad. I would have a very fly child, very. That's the truth. I think Rihanna's 30, don't you? Isn't that, like, shocking to you? I think she's 31, 32. As in you feel like she's older. Yeah, because yeah. she's just been around for so long and she's so successful and has done so much. I just think of her as being, I don't, I don't make know to see it. makes me upset
1: when they're around our age. I'm like, why? Same. Am why? I so useless? I've seen her live before and she was... Quite slack, came on like two hours late and a bit drunk, but incredible. Yeah, yeah. that's why I, that's just why everyone loves her, though. Yeah, I know because she does stuff like that. Yeah, and then she had a wild night out with my friends and got t- those tattoos. She got tato- she had a wild night with my friends and then got yes. tattoos in New Zealand.
0: Yes, I know this story. Um, and then during lockdown, ASAP Rocky and Rihanna did a, a big road trip in a tour bus and they were like hand tie dyeing shirts and. Like smoking heaps acid of weed. and smoking weed in the desert, I just I just love it. Same. Oh, Proud Rihanna was them. on
1: um Adele's super yacht like years ago, and she was the best person ever, and became friends with all the crew. Have, have we told you the story?
0: Wait. Oh, Adele's yes. Ah, oh, yeah. I think you meant Adele the singer. <laughs> She was on our friend super
1: yacht and was so, so, so amazing. And when she left, they swapped email addresses and emailed. That's so cute. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Gorge. What else is on the agenda? Everyone being weird anti-vaxxers <laughs> in Australia. I know. This is so interesting. So our condolences to Melbourne, who just got into a seven-day lockdown. I really feel like if there was another lockdown now, it would tip me over the edge and break my soul so i you know yeah i think as they go on and the further along we get with this each one like feels so much harder
1: i know and i think here as well everyone thinks which i hope is the truth but everyone kind of thinks it's completely over now but that's how i felt this time last year yeah when london came out of lockdown and had a summer and everything was relatively normal it felt as though that was it and then it was another four months like Six months, but four months completely locked inside. Yeah, we had a four month lockdown, literally. yeah. As in, yeah. as in, no four. restaurants open, no nothing, nothing no nothing at all. Yeah, we okay. were inside all day, every day for four months, yeah. And then it was another two before that of like basically nothing open, but you could get you could sit outside for in the freezing winter if you wanted. Yes. Um, yeah, and we weren't allowed to go to parks, nothing, but everyone says that now we're not we've we're done and it's it's because obviously the vaccine's here, which is the difference this time, but it still scares me because I'm like, you just don't even know. Like, there could be another variant. We're in summer now, so we're going to be fine for now. But just who knows? It just this mentality of even just in Australia and it, even in New Zealand, the mentality of like, oh, COVID's not here. So we're fine is is kind of worrying. And we, we both listened to the 7am podcast, which is what you'd been recommending for ages. And I finally have started listening and it's really good they interviewed this doctor in Australia who was just saying that she's really worried about the vaccine rollout in Australia because of this mentality of well COVID's not here and I understand like I do because what you would think is well COVID's not here so I'll get the vaccine when I need to I'll get it before I travel and I'll get it when it's necessary but right now I just want to sit back and wait to see if any more side effects come out or see if just see what happens that mentality is really worrying when if COVID breaks out again You won't have time to get the double vaccine. It will already be too late. And that's what happened in Taiwan. So Taiwan was being really, really praised for their COVID response. And they're also an island, also have 24 million people, which is a similar population to Australia. And they had no COVID in the country, completely fine. And then recently, just a huge breakout of community transmissions. And because the
0: country had no COVID, no one felt any need to go and get a vaccine, which means they're now fucked. And there were cases where basically people were having a lot of COVID symptoms and it didn't even cross their mind to check that they had COVID. So they were being kind of community spreaders because it didn't even cross their mind to go and get a COVID test or to go and like self-isolate or whatever. And I think that that's what that doctor was saying on the 7am podcast, she was saying, you know, I'm getting concerned because I'm having people come to me in my office with COVID symptoms. And I'm saying, we need to get you a test. And they're saying, I'm not doing a COVID test. We don't have COVID in Australia. At,
1: or or kind of being like, no, 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 I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. As if it's some dirty disease that, that doesn't exist anymore and there's no possible way of you getting it. It's, it's just like very scary.
0: Yeah. And I think that that attitude has been fostered by Scott Morrison and his government because they've been so unpopular on so many of the things that have happened recently with Brittany Higgins and with the culture of sexual harassment in parliament and Christian Porter and just back-to-back-to-back to back to back things, all the Christian stuff. And the fires even, the bushfires. Yeah, yeah. and the, the one thing that he has been really popular on is his really hardline approach to COVID and it seems like he is pushing out rhetoric that is keeping it in his best interest for everyone to be feeling that Scott is keeping – you know, Australia safe all the way up to the election of course next year. But that's actually having – uh, it feels safe in the moment, but overall it's having a, a, a negative effect on the Australian population because stoking fear about a vaccine that all of Europe and all of the North America have successfully implemented and making people feel like they want to just sit and wait another six, seven, eight months before they get vaccinated because you want to keep the support around you – is really bad because like you said, it just it just it's just opening the country up basically. It's creating an acute it's, appeal it's, in it's, the country.
1: And it's also like you could literally be costing people their lives to get another election. That's what happened in India. That's mm-hmm. in India, the prime minister was going around saying, Indians are special, we don't have COVID, rah rah rah, moving all these festivals forward. Moving all these events forward to get the country back, get everyone in high spirits, so that he would get voted in again, and it is costing like millions of people their lives. And that's just what the government wants to say. They want to say, you know, we've cured COVID. Look at how great we've done. And no like, one look needs... over here, like yeah. you might not like what we did yes. here, but look over here, we've kept. The that's what safe. I was yeah. saying is that all of the governments point to the other countries and mm-hmm. say, oh, the Indian variant is really bad and blah blah blah. When it's like the UK variant was very very bad, but no one ever reported on that. It's politics and it's
0: scary because it's playing with people's lives it's playing with people's lives and it's also speaking to what i think is like really base ugly like traits. it's stoking those those xenophobic like racist fearful isolationist tendencies that i think you have when you live on an island or when you live in a geographically isolated area it's really speaking to what i think is a dark undertone of like human nature or like colonialist white nature that you should not in good conscience be stoking. And it just kind of seems like a lot of fear was peddled around the India variant. And I'm not saying that it wasn't a particularly strong variant and that like huge measures shouldn't be taken to make sure the quarantine facilities are like very, very secure. And obviously you don't want any community contamination, But I think the certain phrases that were used in the way that it was discussed just spoke to this fact that, like, you know, the Australian citizens who had to renounce their Indian citizenship to become Australian citizens were referred to as Indians Hmm. by the defence minister. We don't want the Indians coming back and spreading it. And it's like they're not Indians, they're Australians. It's like those kind of things which might seem like small gaffes actually speak to, like, what this liberal government is doing, which is, like, very considered and very intentional. I think there's been
1: a lot of people who are just saying things like well I don't need to leave the country or keep the borders shut or don't let people in or literally stop letting like your own citizens in which is a human rights violation yeah um to just stay in this bubble for the rest of your lives to what avoid getting a vaccine it feels just so beyond crazy to me Speaking of the pandemic, the old uh, pandemic can you believe it's called COVID-19 because it started in 2019 and we're
0: in 2021? Yeah, so nuts. It's like when I think about Kylie Jenner's old face too much, my brain short circuits, like I can't. <laughs> what?
1: That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why are you thinking about her face?
0: When I think about Kylie Jenner's old face, like her face when she was a teenager pre-surgery, yeah. too much and try to make it make sense with her current face, Like my brain just goes somewhere. Yeah. It's like not good. Like it's just it's something short circuiting and it's not working. And that's why I feel when I think about the timeline of the pandemic too too, much. Like my brain's like, I actually can't quite get there. Yeah. I I can't get from A to B on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. So I read this piece on The Atlantic this week. Hot tip for everyone who took my recommendation ages ago about this Chrome plugin or whatever the fuck it is called Pocket. If you save articles there, sometimes you can read them without a subscription, which is what I do for The Atlantic. And it is called Burn All The Leggings and talking about post-pandemic fashion, which I find kind of interesting because it's one of those things, again, that until I read it, I didn't realize that my brain was thinking this way. But since lockdown has lifted in London, I just don't know what the fuck to wear. I just I try and put on clothes. So I've been wearing, yeah, leggings every day, mm-hmm. every single day, or a pair of like black baggy pants or a pair of baggy jeans mm-hmm. and a t-shirt mm-hmm. for the past six months straight. Yeah. And then now that it's lifted, I wore a dress on Saturday night for the first time. Going to post it on Instagram. Everyone better like it. Okay. Seeing in the draft. Took a few photos. People like
0: it. We have like very good followers who like engagement. <laughs> actually can everyone follow us on instagram because I, re- I really want to do swipe up and i'm just like if literally like three percent of the people listening right now just fucking cop to follow yeah why don't they follow us i know that's mean. i know sometimes when i think about the, the disconnect i'm sets, so <laughs> yeah.
1: girl girlies we know you're all on insta yeah i did I a know. mistake though because i took photos with my socks on instead of putting my shoes on yeah, and that's then, crazy i don't know why and it just looks so stupid then so i put
0: to crop it but anyway okay it's at grace o'neill without an a so at g-r-c-e-o-n-e-i-l-l and at isabel truman and you got we your have a podcast one uh, i don't know that we one's... never use it yeah we yeah. can't be bothered we need some help with we, that. i just i just want followers for us so we can do the swipe up function on things oh yeah we can do it on afterwork drinks already what are you not getting about what i'm saying i want us to be able to i was just saying <laughs>
1: anyway yeah so then I wore a dress and felt crazy and went to dinner and just kept putting my jacket back on because I was like I'm so dressy I'm so embarrassing yeah and then also it feels like now we're out of lockdown and I'm looking around thinking what do people wear what do I want to wear and then everything's just so boring and ugly and it feels like the fashion industry has just been like
0: we don't know yeah fully I felt like that when the shows happened in February where it was like you had this really obvious delineation between brands that did we're just going to create what we know is going to sell, which is probably going to sell, which is like nice, relaxed, everyday casual wear. Like, you know, they didn't put track pants on the runway, but it was like that very kind of loungewear inspired, super simple like T-shirts, jackets, loose fitting trousers, blah, blah, blah. And then you had people trying to do the escapism glam, OTT glamorous thing, which didn't feel right either. Mm. I mean, they've, they're being faced with like an impossible task. Yeah. What do you like, like dress what do you people you dress in when they can't leave the house? But I just think it's funny that there was this expectation. I think I had where I was the same where I, like we booked a really nice restaurant for the first time that you we got out of lockdown, you could go to restaurants again and I was really Which was excited, last week. Which was last week, last <laughs> yeah. Monday. Yeah. We booked like a really nice expensive restaurant and I was like, I'm gonna get all dressed up and it's gonna be really nice. I bought that really nice shirt at relic. <laughs> Yes. The white one. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to wear that with heels. And I put it on and I just felt crazy. I was like, I just, this is not right at all. End up just wearing something really casual and simple and basic. And I got to the restaurant and I was wearing flat boots and like just a plain black dress and a jacket, like so casual. And I felt overdressed. Everyone was in like jeans and sneakers and a thing. And it's like a pretty nice restaurant. And when I went out last night, it was the same thing. I haven't seen anyone wear anything, like, even slightly dressy because it feels bizarre. You're like, yeah. why? Why the fuck would I do that?
1: I know. And in the in this Atlantic piece, they kind of detail how, you know, everyone's talking about post-vac summer and how horny everyone is after being locked inside for so many months slash a year or whatever. But they were saying that even before 2020 – Sexual frequency was decreasing and celibacy, which is random, was increasing. Mm -hmm. And then they're talking about how, you know, there was a year of kind of not being able to have sex for singles and then very libido killing co-confinement for couples. So everyone thinks we're going to have like this unprecedented supply of horniness. But then when you think about going out to a bar and dressing up, and like courting a guy and trying to look really nice and like little skimpy dresses and heels and stuff that just feels so off Mm -hmm. like it just feels so kind of alien to how we've been for the past whatever it is and then they interviewed yeah just just like all these single people just being like I'm having such a hard time imagining going back to dating and imagining what clothes they wear and it kind of This girl was saying these anxieties go beyond clothes, but clothes are where it kind of manifests most acutely Mm. because every single time you're going to go on a date or every single time you're going to go out to a bar, you stand in your room thinking, what do I wear? And if all you've worn is no makeup, leggings, and t-shirts for 16 months,
0: like a dress just feels so weird. I was trying to think about why it is that we feel like this. And I think it's because like, I don't know if you've had moments like this, but I've had moments where... I've gone to go to the supermarket or something and maybe I've wanted to put on a jacket or something that I like, like not heels, obviously, but like something a little bit dressier. And then I'm like, you'll look so random because everyone there knows that you're just walking from your house to the supermarket. Like when lockdown was happening, yeah. it's like everyone knows yeah. you're going nowhere. Yeah. So dressing up is embarrassing because people are like, you, yes. you wore that to the supermarket. Whereas before, because there was all this mystery about what everyone was doing at any given time. Like you could just admire someone looking a certain way. Because you had no idea what was going on with their life. It's like mm. the pandemic sucked all the mystery out of strangers because we knew what every single other person was doing at all times twenty four seven. So it's almost like going to a restaurant and dressing up. It's like who who are you doing this for? We're all on the same page now. Like we've yeah. all just come out of hell. We all have just come out of like lockdown and we are all going out to a restaurant for the first time.
1: Maybe that's the other thing, because we're in such an in between period here. So like bars aren't open. Like you can't go and you can't go to a club you can't really go to a pub if you do you have to walk in with a mask and then sit down at a table of six and you can't get up
0: or walk you around or mingle and you sit down and you order yeah, in, yeah
1: that vibe so it's like maybe it's because we're in this in-between phase that it feels really weird to dress up still to go to dinner to wear a mask to sit down at a table to only get up to pee and then sit back down and then go home totally like maybe once we're allowed to
0: go and do whatever the fuck we want it'll feel a bit list random and she said in that piece which i loved at the end when she finished it she was like when we talk about the roaring decade it was a decade of like you know how the roaring 20s happened in the 1920s and yeah we're saying oh there'll be a roaring 20s i think we all expected that to happen the second lockdown lifted and i kind of felt like that too where everyone was like oh like once restaurants open it's gonna be crazy and then the first night i went out it was like a ghost town and this restaurant had like a smattering of a few people and you're like oh there hasn't been this groundswell of like yay, we're all free again, everyone's just feeling cautious and, like, traumatised and kind of slowly stepping out. And this woman in this Atlantic piece was, like, the Roaring Twenties was a decade. It was the latter half of the Twenties. And for us it's going to be, like, 2020, 2021, 2022, maybe even 2023 will still be confusing yeah. And then there'll be this huge thing, but it's has I'm going to be really quickly. Dead I'm by be then. 100 by then. <laughs> no one's going to want to see us in a little party frock. <laughs> no one's
1: going to want to see me in a sequin dress, are they? <laughs> what I, I buy those huge fucking heels for recently. That was actually, I did an insane lockdown purchase and bought like six inch Mew Mew heels. Love them. I've got
0: these big chunky boots I have to show you later that I bought as a lockdown purchase. Mm. They're really high. I'm like, where are you going in those? <laughs> to the kitchen no wants to see you to Sainsbury's I know yeah it is really interesting it's brought together that whole thing of like why we dress and blah 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 it's like all of that stuff yeah again in connection to that you sent me off the back of our conversation last week a sub stack by Anne Helen Peterson who is famous for the Millennial Burnout article she's a really fantastic journalist her sub stack was about it's called The Millennial Vernacular of Fat Phobia. And it's basically a big piece about how our generation was brought up with all these fucked up magazines that gave us this vernacular jargon shorthand that we use when we talk to each other that is like really fat phobic that we don't even think about. So she listed some examples of things that we grew up with that we probably wouldn't think about that have informed how we think about fatness and our relationship with food and body, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So Britney's stomach and the discourse around it brackets how it came out that she did a thousand crunches every day. Oh, my God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Jessica Simpson's quote, fat jeans. I don't know if you remember this picture. She was like fat shamed for this outfit. Oh, was she? Yeah. So this was like a massive thing about like, oh, Jessica Simpson's gained weight in this picture where she looks incredibly hot and beautiful. Yeah, what the fuck? The phrase celery as a calorie negative food, which I remember – hearing and discussing as young as i would say 10 or 11 we used to bring it like it was like a thing we'd bring to school when i was still in primary school and all the girls would eat celery because i was don't like remember that negative but what you put
1: in our doc if any gen z are wondering why millennial women have eating disorders is because in the 2000s a normal thing to say to a teenage girl was when you think you feel hungry you're actually thirsty so just drink water and you'll be fine and It's like i have heard that sentence
0: a billion times. Same. When I was in sixth grade, so I was 10, some fr- girls I was friends with found it was a website and it was the Olsen Twins anorexia tips and it was if you get hungry, put a, a hair tie on your wrist and if you get hungry, snap your wrist because it will, like, teach your body to dull the hunger pains.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, we were just taught that stuff. Okay, so this is the list. So there is a calorie-negative food, Olsen Twins, Kate Winslet always being thought of as chubby, Brittany Murphy and Clueless being or thought Or, like,
1: of- fucking... Renee Zellweger and Bridget Jones. Yeah. Being, Bridget Jones being okay. thought of as chubby. Yeah.
0: We're getting to that, is he? Sorry, yes, no. Right. So she was like Kate Winslet being thought of as chubby, Brittany Murphy's character in Clueless being thought of as unattractive and right. quote unquote fat, Hilary Duff as being chubby, Anne Hathaway being referred to in The Devil as Prada as fat all the time, which yeah. I never thought about. That's so insane. Giselle Bunchen was referred to as a curvy model. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. The Entire thing with Renee Zellweger about Bridget Jones's whole character relying on her being a bigger sized woman, even though she wasn't at all, yeah. and like that was the whole arc of her character. And yeah. then the discourse around Renee Zellweger gaining all this weight and then losing all this weight just to play this character, yeah. Um, the fat Monica plotline in Friends. Miranda pouring dish soap dish dish soap all over a cake that she put in the garbage and sex in the city so she'd stop eating cake. And then the obsessive documentation and degradation of Britney Spears's pregnant and postpartum body. So just like list of things that were just all, normal. Yeah. That were just normalized for us growing up. That's just like really affected and fucked up our like our relationship with food. And then she goes into talking about something that I'm currently writing an article about which is about how the return of low-rise jeans feel traumatic for yes. people of our generation, and that's how I feel. I feel some sort of fucked-up way when I see things that low-rise but I jeans. Thought that
1: was I thought that was specific to me. Same. <laughs> because I have a smaller uh, waist than I do hips, and mm. I was like, God, I just, I just think that high-rise things, things that come in at the waist just suit my body more, and I'm just going to look so horrible when low-rise jeans come back, and I just thought it was this thing – that was specific to me, but as soon as you said that, I was like, I think it's a thing that all of us are feeling, because it felt, I don't know, that A, they like are really unflattering, but B, because of all the stuff that was being peddled at us while we were young...
0: Yeah, and it's when you think about the images of low rise jeans back in the noughties and now, it's Paris Hilton, it's post weight loss Nicole Ritchie. I think of Kira Knightley in those insane low rise jeans with that tiny top with just the full washboard abs, or Paris Hilton, for example. And I think about all the examples that were put to us on the, the cover of tabloid magazines of women supposedly looking horrible where they'd zoom in on quote unquote muffin tops or quote unquote love handles and all those horrible terms. They were really often associated with low rise jeans. And it was this idea that if a woman thought She was hot enough to wear low-rise jeans, but wasn't. This was a perfect source of shame and humiliation for them that we can throw all over a magazine cover.
1: Mm. And
0: like, that's how I feel now because the people we're seeing wearing low-rise jeans is like Lipa, Bella Hadid, Gigi Hadid, Kendall Jenner. They're people that have that exact same tiny girls, yeah. That is being pushed as a fashion trend when. Obviously, whoever you are, you can wear that trend, but it's a very flattering trend on a very specific type of body.
1: Even like the cutout dresses are less true because they're not a thing that reminds us of our past and that reminds us of this, but it's the same thing where it's like a very specific trend that only very specific body types can wear. Mm-hmm. And I think it was this, this is going to sound so uneducated or so stupid, but I think it was one of the first times that I've actively been like, you can't wear that because mm-hmm. you don't have this body type. Mm-hmm. And for me to be just kind of a mid-sized person and to be thinking that, like imagine anyone plus size or above my size, to have to think that about so many fashion trends that are peddled by these really small models Mm -hmm. all the time and just have to be like, this is being shouted at me as being this really fashionable trend that every girl is wearing and I just can't
0: wear it. And 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 that's never part of the discourse. Like The discourse is never – and it's also like with those things that we're looking at sometimes, the thing that we think is attractive in the image – is the thinness, yeah, right? Yeah. Like when you look at Bella Hadid in low slung jeans and a crop top and a jacket, you're like, oh, do I want low slung jeans? And it's like, what you're actually looking at is, what you be preconditioned yeah. to think is beautiful, which is just over the top thinness. I've talked to so many people about this before. Where it's like people online that we treat and act as being fashionable. If you took those clothes and put them on someone that wasn't this ridiculously troublingly thin person, that person would have a 50th of the following that they have. Like what people are actually following is the thinness or the youth or the whatever, yeah. but the clothes are just like a cover for it. It's like being fashionable, quote unquote, it's still so tied to being skinny. Yes. That sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what style is or good style is. Yeah. I don't even know feels, what I'm, yeah. what I
1: like about this person. Cause if you take away their body and the way they look, then it's like, do I even want what this person is wearing? When it comes to arena shake? No. No. Oh, yeah. actually, transitioning. Yes. Jare moments of the week. Jare moments of the week. Irina Shake is rumored to be dating Kanye West, which is, I mean, I don't really have that much to say about it, but what I do have to say about it is that we talked recently about how she's the most Jared because in lockdown, she's been wearing these really crazy over-the-top outfits and calling the paparazzi and walking up and down the street in New York to get them to take photos of her honestly if I know that people out who don't work in media don't do this but what you can do is literally go to Getty Images even without an account I think and just search Arena Shake and go most recent and then just scroll through and it's just absolutely diabolical it's every single day is a different top to toe crazy outfit But now she's rumored to be dating Kanye. This came from Dumois. One person submitted that they're dating. Another person said he's trying to court her. They're not dating. And then another person said they're definitely dating. (laughs) And then today, it was so funny, I went on and searched most recent and she's just wearing such Kim Kardashian Kanye West outfits that that's like
0: all the confirmation I need. But I thought it was Yeezy when you sent it to me and I was like, no, but I don't think it actually was Yeezy, but it looks like Yeezy. Yes. We're about four days away from a Yeezy. Look at, what I, just, the Yeezy pool look at what I just
1: sent you. Is that Arena Shake or Kim
0: Kardashian? Oh my God.
1: That's what they're dating for sure. That's, That's confirmation. But That's it's... like,
0: what's with celebrities at the moment? Is it just more obvious because we have less going on or are they being more Bajada. like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is like JLo, Ben Affleck smacks about it. Just like a total publicity stunt. This is like old Hollywood aligning people that haven't even met each other.
1: Well, I know. I want you to say what you said to me, but you won't. Yes, I won't. because it's Controversial. Controversial. Wait
0: till we get a Patreon, which we're going to get very soon, Okay, guys, ladies. so we're going to get a Patreon and we're, we're going to be more free and open behind the Patreon, but it will be behind a paywall. But we filter a lot because... Advertisers. You know, advertisers out in the open, you know. We just we want to have a little community of our girl gang. Yeah, where well, we can just... Say be all, open and free and say talk the, to each other. It'll be a replacement kind of our Facebook group and it'll be like a little micro community of the diehard AWD fans. So Yeah, and, it, we'll and at the
1: ready. And it will be a place where we say all of the things out loud that we beep out a lot and all of the things that we hold back, aka the Arena Shake Chat, will just go on the Patreon. So we're so excited for that because and also the great thing about Patreon, I don't know if quite a few people wouldn't be across it, but basically. It's just like an, ex- it's just another platform where you'll be able to listen to the pod. But after every episode you can comment, like there's just a comment section so we can yeah, chat back and, we'll and forth. we'll be in on that too. Yeah. So
0: we can be like talking to you guys all the time. And like the Facebook group before just like got a bit out of hand and was like driving us a bit mad, but this will be like a more concentrated group of yeah, yeah. AWD fans who will like get it and are on board and we're all like talking and hanging out. And I don't really use nice.
1: Facebook either.
0: Yeah, I don't use Facebook. That's mainly the problem. <laughs> yeah. We I just like, like suddenly get someone that was like, Pete Evans is right. And we'd be like, oh, my God, that was stuff for seven days. And we're not in a position to moderate this because yeah. we don't run Facebook. So we deleted it.
1: Yeah. And also with Facebook, we're liable for that stuff. With Patreon, you're not. <laughs> so it's going to be full of crap. Liable.
0: Full of shit talk. <laughs> um, anyway. So stay be... tuned. Mark your calendars. For for when we don't know, of course, for an unknown date <laughs> soon. Okay, I, other Jaro moments of the week. The Friends reunion's happening tomorrow. I think it's come out in the US, maybe. Oh, it's, it's today, isn't it, twenty seventh? May. Yeah.
1: So you know what happened from that, which what? I find untrue. But David Schwimmer said that him and Jennifer Aniston had like mutual crushes on each other. But oh, then-
0: shut! Oh, shut! up david like literally get a life like does anyone give a mutual crushes like what are you children no, yeah he was just like oh we we Did both you bus or didn't you they didn't bus okay. exactly okay i don't know because she ob-
1: it's literally a ross and rachel thing where she would have been like he's nice and sweet but obviously not and then met brad pitt yeah. and then david schwimmer's like she you know like entertained it for a second
0: like every young woman does <sighs> anyway i hate that i was obsessed you sent me through the list of Celebrity cameos—they were just like a true disaster. There was like sixty, and then the last one was Malala Yousafzai. <laughs> God, I—I li- I literally screeched when I saw that Malala on the Friends. Are like, this is just—it's going to be terrible. I can already tell. Yeah, of course. But I will you need to talk it. about Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah, Ariana Grande. Everyone was, like, freaking out. They're like, you got it right. Your suggestion was right. And I was like, of course that bitch was wearing a strapless gown. <laughs> what are you guys talking about?
1: <laughs> of course
0: she had her the hair up. The shock would be if she didn't. Yeah. I had her hair down and wore a high-necked <laughs> turtleneck dress. We also
1: said she was going to be in a Cinderella gown, which she wasn't, which surprised me. She looked so cute. But it's funny when – my first thought was, I was like, it's funny when you're a celebrity because your whole life is – getting dressed up in these incredible designer outfits, getting your hair, your makeup done, looking like, you're, on your wedding day you're supposed to look the best you've ever looked. You're supposed to like yeah, or like if not, you've been to the Oscars it's like Yeah, oh, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Ariana Grande looks like that. Like how she looks in her wedding photos is how she looks every time we've ever seen her. Every time we've ever seen yeah. her. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of like she she's gorgeous and yeah. they're so cute and I I loved like, the photos. But I was also like, "Oh, what are we expecting to see? We've the seen her were, face. like what
0: I saw in my mind's eye when I heard she got married. I was like <laughs> this is exact I know exactly head to toe what this was going like she's going to do the same thing she does on her Instagram. She's going to be wearing the gown. She's gonna have a hair option have a little veil cute love it all good <laughs> <laughs> no problems is that it I don't yeah, know. It's everything i just want to say i feel like this is such a stale thing to say and everyone said it but like, i can't get over lily james as pamela anderson i it, can't get over i think about it all the time i literally in, can't tell it's her in the pictures yeah she looks great but like it's crazy it's not even great like that literally is pamela anderson's face yeah it must be a makeup artist thing but i'm like I just can't deal with it. It's just still blowing my mind. It's like the Kylie Jenner thing. <laughs> my brain can't get it that that's, a, that's Lily James as Pamela Anderson. I think because I don't really know what young Pamela Anderson looks like that much. Yeah, but like, can you see Lily James even anywhere in that way? I'm going to pull it up for you again. I've seen it. I know, but you need to look one more time. sign <Sorry. laughs> She must have like a face. Prosthetics. Like a... Sp- Full prosthetic on, right? I don't think so. Cause I'm just okay. Just like, look at this. No, hurry up! oh sorry. Oh, are we on. Are you going Instagram? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant what's up? Fuck's
1: sake! How is that, Lily James? Oh yeah, that looks like Pamela Anderson. Are you sure that's not Pamela Anderson?
0: Yes. Look. Oh, 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 finally, we're understanding. Okay. Look, because this is Sebastian Stan, who like people really like for some reason. Hmm. Look, so that's him. As Tommy Lee, and that's her. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, I don't even understand how that's the the actress Lily James. Yeah, she looks hot as fuck. So hot. I actually really like her. I feel feel like the Dominic West scandal has made me just like her more. Yeah, I feel sorry for her. I don't. I feel like she's just rising from the ashes, and she's just like. But Jade that she was on a scooter in
1: Rome with that fucking weird man that beast so like, like so i
0: do get i know you don't believe it but i do get lots of messages from people about real housewives because if you're like a fan you're a fan and i do believe it i recently watched like a couple of weeks ago the amsterdam episode which is like a really famous real housewives of beverly hills episode and I told you this already, but there's like a scene where someone's like, shut up. I don't want to hear from you, you beast. And then the other <laughs> one's like, beast. <laughs> and I think about it time when you Yeah, Lily like- Jane. I can't believe she was in, in where I'm on a lime scooter. I'm like, with that beast. Yes. <laughs> beast. <laughs> yeah. No, fully. Bye. I'm like, what were you up to? But it's go. like, uh, I just want to keep talking. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> gotta